Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a Remax agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow for the deep corner for three. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's on now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school, trying to mimic all your moves. Welcome to today's episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow, for SB Live Sports. Looking forward to today's conversation with the event director of one of the best high school basketball tournaments uh, during the regular high school season last year, unfortunately, uh, as were many tournaments, they weren't able to happen. Looking forward to this year's event of the Les Schwab Invitational, Reggie Walker. Reggie, thanks for joining. Um, you got to be excited because I believe the announcement either is about to happen or is right around the, hap- the corner to happen with the announcing the field. Yeah, very excited. I appreciate you having me on. Um, definitely great to be back. Um, kind of, you know, very disappointing not to have the tournament last year, especially it would have been the 25th anniversary. So we'll celebrate the 25th anniversary this year. And um, as you mentioned, courtesy from you guys, will be the teams will be out by the time this drops. So I uh, appreciate you guys kind of spreading the word about that. And again, just looking forward to, to being back. Well, our team at SB Live Sports, uh, we're trying to make inroads. Uh, with the best um, events and the best programs across the country to spotlight the kids, the coaches in those programs. Your event has done that for, as you mentioned, 25 years. I had no idea it was that uh, uh, lengthy of a tournament. I knew it got started shortly after I was done with high school, but when you look at putting together such a high-level event, People think it just happens overnight. How much time and planning goes into making sure it's a success? That's a good question. Um, Honestly, I mean, it's a year round process. I mean, we get started with uh, kind of identifying uh, the national teams. You know, we almost have those picked out a full year in advance. So the teams that will release tomorrow, I mean, we identified those a full year ago, uh, we already kind of have uh, a short list of teams that that we'll be bringing in for next year's tournament. Uh, and then just all the prep, you know, the prep stuff, we we try to do a good job just highlighting former players um, and, and the success of the teams that, you know, participated in the year as they move forward, you know, into the state playoffs. And um, so it's, it's continuous. It's year round. Obviously, it ramps up uh, kind of right around the time school, school year starts. And then it's pretty, pretty hectic, uh, basically from 
right around Thanksgiving all the way through the end of the event. Um, usually the event is December 26th or 30th. So that week right between Christmas and New Year. So year round, but uh, really ramps up right kind of around, around, the, around the holiday season. How has the emergence of social media, in particular Instagram, um, been to help you guys market not only your event, but help gain awareness of the players that are going to be at your event? Because many times, and, and we both know the, the Portland area is terrific basketball community. They love their basketball. They're very knowledgeable and passionate. Um, but this is many times the first chance to see the next wave of college and possibly NBA superstars. How has social media really helped you guys? It's helped a lot. Um, I I look at it in like eras. Um, I think, you know, since, since I started working and helping, you know, run the event, we kind of had like the, it was like the tail end of the, like the magazine era. You know, there was kind of a lot of credence led led to the, to the rankings and, that was kind of how you got your information about some of these players that you didn't know about. They were on the covers of, you know, whatever parade, all American magazine, sports illustrated. Sometimes they even had their own little niche, um, you know, high school coverages, right. Slam was huge. Uh, and then it kind of transitioned a little bit into like the mixtape era. You had, um, you know, like ball is life and hoop mixtape. And, and that's kind of like t- Twitter kind of helped those things elevate a little bit. And we, we definitely capitalized on that to, to elevate the event and the players in the event. Um, we had a couple of viral moments with some dunk contests and stuff um, around, you know, the late, 2000, the late 2000s into the early 2010s. And then, like you said, Instagram and just like social media being everywhere, even, I mean, we've utilized TikTok, we've utilized Snapchat, um, have really helped kind of helped us own that week um, within like the Portland Northwest market. Uh, it's just, the amount of attention and retweets and, and, you know, reposts on, on Instagram. Um, even the players themselves do a great job marketing, not only our tournament, but like their teams and their, you know, what's going on that week. Uh, when we had Ben Simmons play in the tournament, he put out a, an Instagram post saying, you know, this is the best tournament he's ever been to. Uh, and that I think spread like wildfire around town. We got, you know, our, our crowd really became younger as Instagram became more popular and we've kind of just seen um it, it, it's really helped a lot with just the, the awareness to like a whole new generation uh, of, of followers with having the success that you guys have had uh you're one of the tournaments i'm sure that many teams seek you out and ask for an invite but you guys have done a really good job in, in my opinion of keeping it regional but then also national at the same time by having the best Oregon teams by having if it's if if they're just good enough Washington teams them being involved and then adding a couple national how do you go about filling that field Um, do you get help from you know advocates in the high school basketball scene across the country or how do you get that field to come together each year no first of all appreciate that Uh, that's kind of exactly what we try to do Um, and to answer your question, yes, uh, we do, you know, we do get sought after, you know, we'll get, you know, unsolicited emails from coaches or, or parents of players um, on various teams throughout the country. Um, but really, honestly, we work really closely with Nike um, in identifying who those national teams are that we should, that we should bring uh, in, in that particular year, whether it be, 
you know, a, a storied program like Oak Hill or DeMatha uh, or Montverde or a particular player that, you know, um, we want that would make sense for, for their school to bring in. We, it's always going to be a Nike elite school that we bring in to compete against, uh, you know, our Oregon and Pacific Northwest teams. Uh, and then we just try to do the best job we can identifying the top teams in Oregon. And like you said, we'll sprinkle in, uh, you know, a team from Washington um, here and there, if it makes sense. Um, but really like, it's just an opportunity for the Oregon schools to compete against, you know, big time high school programs that oftentimes have, you know, future lottery picks or at minimum, you know, big time college basketball players. So uh, it's exactly what you said. It's, it's a, it's a regional tournament with a sprinkle of national flavor. And it's, you know, it's, we've done a good job kind of like keeping that format and never steering away from, from where the event started back in 1996. I've never had, had a chance to go because I was either playing or I'm in the middle of broadcasting career or living in Spokane now. And it is a tournament that I want to get to at some point because I've heard so many positive uh, comments about it from, from friends of mine. I've watched many of those highlight videos that you've mentioned um, just to, to get a gauge of some of the teams and players. But with some of those Powerhouse teams you mentioned, Montverde, Oak Hill Academy, those are what I consider your traditional academy teams. A lot has been talked about in recent weeks because of the Bishop Sycamore football fiasco. You guys, from what I've seen, have always done a great job of sifting out the new flavor of academy teams versus the real true academy teams. When you look at that process that's happening now with all these advent of new schools how do you kind of sift through those teams to make sure you're bringing the right ones that's a great question it is tough i mean the the, the landscape has changed even in the last you know pre-covid i feel like we're just in a different era of the way kids approach you know what schools they go to the amount of influence that there is whether it's you know with money or recruiting or what have you. It's just, we're, we're in a, in a whole new landscape. Um, so it is tough. Um, we, again, we work with Nike, so they, they are, you know, selective and help us kind of identify, you know, who makes sense, who doesn't. And one thing that we've learned from them, Tony Dorado is our, our contact with Nike, who does an amazing job. He's a mentor of mine and has helped the event, you know, transition into one of the best tournaments in the country. Uh, one thing he always kind of advises us about is like, don't chase the player, uh, identify the right program, because especially in today's era, players change like crazy. Um, I mean, you can have a kid um, enrolled at a school and then a month later, he's, he's somewhere else. And, and that actually happened a few years ago um, with Bulbul, uh, who was enrolled at, Mo at Modern Day. And Modern Day is a great program. We were going to very excited to have them no matter what. Um, we anticipated him, you know, playing in the left Bob with, with uh, Modern Day. And, you know, um, two months before the – or a month before the tournament, you know, he's at a, at a different school. So um, that's sound advice that we've kind of leaned on. Um, but in, in – you know, for an example for this year, like a school that just kind of was created a few years ago, AZ Compass, who, who was going to play in the left Bob this year, we really had to make sure that they were, you know, above board with everything. Um, they are now a Nike program. Uh, they have obviously two of our state's best players transfer. There are our, our 
probably our state's two best players transferred there. Um, so it kind of made sense in that regard, but you do have to be careful with um, just the advent of all these new schools that are popping up and, you know, they're not bashful. Like we've, we've gotten calls from, you know, schools from all parts of the country that didn't exist five years ago that, that want to come out and, you know, we have to be careful. We don't want to end up like Bishop Sycamore, that's for sure. There's always a buzz uh, around your tournament and, a lot of that is due to those big time programs that you talk about nationally and regionally. Um, but it's also because of some of those great players that have played in your event. And I love the comment that you made that uh, Tony Dorado gave you is don't chase the player, get the right programs. And I think you guys have done that from what I've seen, but with getting the right programs, I'm going through this list of former players that have been in your event. Carmelo Anthony, Kevin Durant, Brandon Jennings, Ben Simmons, Michael Porter Jr., Markel Fultz, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker. That's an impressive list. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> when is are any of those players somebody that when you were sitting there watching them play, you knew? Obviously, you knew the buzz coming in, but when you watched them, were you like, "This guy's going to be a ten-time All Star, twelve-time All Star"? Was any one or two of those guys absolutely head and shoulders standouts? Most of those names you listed, uh, I actually went and watched Carmelo Anthony as a fan uh, when I was in high school, um, and he was amazing. You could see it from, you know, the first minute watching him, just the way he moved on the court with his size, um, and just he had an aura about himself. They're obviously a very talented team, and he was undoubtedly the leader. Everyone respected him. He just had an era, an aura about himself that you know, you knew it was going to, you know, be transcendent and have success. Uh, one player in particular that, that really stood out for me was Michael Porter. Um, I, I've, you know, we've been fortunate to see a lot of really good high school players. I think Kevin Love is at the top of the list um, in terms of just dominance. And his was more of a physical, I mean, he didn't, in high school, he didn't play at all like he plays currently in the NBA. My, Michael Porter was, was like Carmelo Anthony and Kevin Durant, like combined with just this alpha mentality. Like he, he, he knew he was the best. Um, I think he, he moved. It was like a perfect storm for us to be able to even have them in the tournament. He moved to, to Seattle because his dad was hired as an assistant coach for university of Washington. So we just enrolled at Nathan Hale, who was just a, you know, a regular public school had no real history of success. Um, a bunch of guys ended up transferring there and wanting to play with him. So he was uh, without question, the leader of the team. And he just, he could score from everywhere. It was almost like a, he was toying with the other team at the same time. And then when like the going got tough, um, he just kind of put the team on his back. And I think he averaged like 30 points and 20 rebounds. And it, it was, it, I think for me personally, he's the most dominant high school player that I've ever seen. Um, he went on to win the state championship at Nathan Hill, you know, had a great performance at Tacoma Dome. So he's one that stands out. I was shocked that he dropped in the draft as far as he did. I know a lot of that because of his injury and stuff at, at Missouri. And I think there were some questions about his off-court stuff. But in terms of talent, he was he was unbelievable. I've heard many people say he's the best high school player they've seen come out of the state of Washington, which is saying quite a bit. Now, with your Portland ties and your Northwest network, you do a showcase event in in the fall, and it's coming up in the next couple of weeks. 
And your event is a little different from what I know as compared to a lot of showcase events where if you're willing to pay the money, you get in the door and you can play. Yours is a little more selective. I believe you shoot for 40 players. Um, tell us about who might be coming to that event um, and and how that event came to be because in, in a sh- short couple years, it's become one of the better events on the West Coast. Sure, yeah. The, the event was was created, I mean, for a, a few different reasons. Uh, one of them was what you mentioned off top, the, you know, the payers camp was uh, kind of in vogue a few years ago. It still is now, but it, it really kind of took off a few years back. And it, it just, I didn't appreciate the direction that, that was going. I mean, you had players that didn't even play high school basketball, like were cut from their team that were, you know, able to participate in this camp. And they, you know, because they paid the money to play, get an article written about themselves, they paid, you know, more money to do that or have a video about themselves, they paid more money to do that. And it just, the general direction of, of the trajectory that that was going was uh, something I didn't appreciate. So we kind of decided to create an event where we would be exclusive um, and invite, you know, the, the top 40 players at the time from, from Oregon. We've since expanded. Most of the guys are still from Oregon, but we do, you know, our inference where I'm from is where the event takes place. Um, and honestly, the idea was um, kind of a borrowed from uh, someone I really respect is Kanan Chapman, who, who used to run uh, an event called the Clash of the Classes. Uh, this is maybe 10 years ago. And he just kind of matched up the best players from the Portland area versus the best players in the, the Washington area. Uh, and I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I actually went to it and appreciated the way that they, you know, were competitive, but it was still kind of an all-star exclusive event, but there's still meaningful substance to it. Um, and then Dave Pellup, who now works in the front office of the San Antonio Spurs, uh, who I got to know kind of doing all the Nike camp stuff. Um, he ran an event in North Carolina called the Carolina 80. He would like scour the state for the best, state's best players. And they have, you know, a little bit more talent than we do. And it's a bigger state and there are some rural areas. And he just really, you know, made sure that he didn't miss on any players, no matter where they were from. They went to the smallest high school, didn't play on a shoe circuit AAU team. Um, and that kind of inspired um, us to create the event here in, in Portland. Um, to to do something similar that he was doing in North Carolina and then uh, kind of as a, a homage to what um, Kanan was doing uh, with the Clash of the Classes. So we just try to get the best guys in the area, have them compete. Um, our camp instructor, Marshall Chose, the head coach at Lake Oswego, uh, does a really good job kind of making sure that the players understand, you know, what's expected, that this isn't just your everyday camp that you could pay money to go to, that they're here for a reason. Uh, and then honestly, my job is just to make sure that we we get the players there, put on a good camp, everything's organized, runs on schedule. Uh, and that's kind of like logistics is what I'm good at. So I just kind of turn it over to the basketball people and let them run the camp. And um, looking forward to this to be the fifth year of it. And it's uh, I don't know if this episode will come out before, but our, our camp is set to be Saturday, October 2nd. So 10 days from today. Awesome. I know you're involved with the LSI tournament, the top 40 you just mentioned, uh, but you're also part of, um, or at least have connections and ties to, to the Rose City Rebels, um, which is Oregon's entry into the Nike EYBL. When you look at the, the Northwest, you got Seattle Rotary and you got the Rose City Rebels. 
how does the Northwest stack up nationally as far as youth and AAU basketball go? That's a good question. Um, uh, Seattle is, is, I think, criminally underrated as far as, and they've gotten the, their, their due, I think, lately with the, I think, um, the Jamal Crawford program has like helped elevate just the, the national lens into what Seattle is and how amazing the basketball culture is up there, especially with the, you know, the way the pros give back, um, not only with their, their time, their money, just their influence, everything. Um, and I think one, one thing that, um, and, and Daryl Hennings who runs Rotary will appreciate me saying this. I think one thing that, that would have helped tremendously is I think Seattle Rotary had an amazing chance to win the Peach Jam um, the year it was canceled. So it was the 2020 Peach Jam, which would have been the 2021 high school class. Um, led by Paolo Banchero, who's at Duke, uh, Nolan Hickman, who's at, uh, who's at Gonzaga, Shane Noel, who's at Arizona. And then they had Caden Perry. They were excited to have Caden Perry on their team, who's also at Gonzaga. Yeah, I think they would have been, if they weren't favorites, definitely one of the top, top U teams. Um, and unfortunately, that event, you know, that, that AAU season really didn't materialize or take place. So I think that would have helped the spotlight on them. Um, I think Portland's on the rise. Um, our, you know, our eighth grade program for Rose City, um, we ended up uh, having crazy success during the COVID year. We, we won the made, or we, we went, we won a, a bunch of different tournaments. Uh, it's structured a little differently in eighth grade. Um, we played in the Maid Hoops finale, which is kind of like the junior EYBL. Um, we made it all the way to the championship game, lost to a really, really good New York Lightning team in the finals beat a bunch of good teams on the way um had you know a bunch of games against team takeover drive nation some of these programs that have are good year in and year out and our our team competed beat them um so i think we're we're on the rise seattle rotary again is on the they 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 run a great program all the way through uh you know from, from little bitty ball all the way up through through high school um so i do think there's we have talent here. There are definite hotbeds in other parts of the country that supersede us. I mean, I'm not uh, unrealistic. I think in Texas is, you know, insane. Dallas, Houston area, the DMV in Washington, D.C., Georgia as a whole. I mean, there it's it's I can't even believe how much talent they have there. Every time we go there and we see teams that aren't two teams have, you know, guys flying all over the place with a bunch of high majors. Um LA, obviously. Um, so there, I mean, there are some dominant markets back East, you know, team final won the, won the Peach Jam this year and they're always competitive, um, New York, but I, I mean, I do think we compete. We need to be more organized. There's, you know, I think we have really good training here, uh, getting everybody on the same page, especially in Portland has been a challenge. Uh, and that's, you know, one thing that we need to do a better job at, but I do think we have talent and you know, I'm excited for the future. So, Back this year with the Les Schwab Invitational, um, barring any unforeseen COVID uh, cancellations, which we're all keeping our fingers crossed won't be the case. But when you look back over your time as an event director for that event, do you have a favorite memory, maybe an individual matchup amongst two great players or maybe a team that was a surprise and made a run to to the title game? What would your favorite memory be? Good. That's a good question. There's been so many. Um, I'll give one as a fan, and then I'll give one as like kind of the director of the tournament. Um, Jefferson, when they had Brandon Brooks 
and, and it was the year that there's the 2000 Jeff team. So it was the 99 Les Schwab. Um, they, they're, I mean, that team will never be replicated. I don't think in Portland, it was just the, just the, for lack of a better word, like swagger that they had and like the aura about them was, it was crazy. Um, I mean, they had, it was a perfect storm of, of everybody coming together. They had Brandon Brooks, who's, you know, went to Jeff, went to Grant, transferred back to Jeff, his senior season. You have like Aaron Miles and Michael Lee. They have uh, Anton Jarrell, who ended up transferring there. Like it was, they all came together and, and were just an amazing team. And they just punked other teams. Even at the Les Schwab of these national teams that we had, they were still like the alpha team. Um, but they actually played Jesuit. Um, Brian Michelson is an assistant Gonzaga was on, on the Jesuit team. Who's one of my favorite high school players. Like, I, I think, you know, he, he had a great college career, whatever, but like in high school, he was a stud, man. Um, and they played them in the finals. Um, Jeff ended up winning the game and like that ended up leading, leading them to an undefeated season. Um, that, you know, you had to, we, I snuck in to the tournament at, at Lewis and Clark. Uh, you couldn't get tickets. It was a, you know, it's a small venue there, obviously. I mean, it was crazy. There was fights outside. People were making fake tickets, scalping. It was a scene. <laughs> I'll never forget that. That, that like, made me fall in love with the, with the Les Schwab tournament. Um, and then as a player, or excuse me, as a player, as a director, um, one that really stands out to me was um, when West Lynn beat Wheeler. Uh, in the in the semifinals, um, so Wheeler is a program from Georgia. Jalen Brown was their their best player, uh, and that was the same year we had Ben Simmons, who was uh, Montverde's best player. And you know they're both two teams from you know the southeast corner of the United States. I think everybody nationally was projecting them to play in the finals. It was a big deal. Jalen Brown, who was a top two two or three player, versus Ben Simmons, who was a, I think the number one player at the time. So leading into the tournament, that was the narrative, right? And then you have West Lynn, who the year before um, played Giant Killer, beating uh, Whitney Young. Uh, and then coming into this year, they had Anthony Mathis, who was a senior, Peyton Pritchard, who was a junior, and just a bunch of other really good role players. Like, you know, they've got Will Matheson, who's going to play in the major leagues, Jaden Grant, who's going to play in the NFL. Um, and then a couple other guys ended up playing uh, the will play, you know, professional basketball, just a good team. Um, Anthony went crazy uh, in the third quarter. I think he finished with 38 points, probably hit seven or eight threes. Um, and they just knocked, they, they beat Wheeler. Um, and the game was crazy. There's a dunk. That I'll send you the clip of it. Um, Jalen Brown, just like, I don't even know. It's a kind of a travel, kind of a Euro step, but just like a get off me dunks right in front of the student section where the, the court kind of, or the fans kind of are a little bit, it's underneath one of the baskets. So they're, you know, right on the court. Uh, and he's, he's, it, it was a crazy atmosphere. And then with Anthony hitting those threes, the crowd rallied around West Lynn um, and, you know, kind of well, willed them to victory. Essentially. It was just an awesome turn, an awesome game. And it, and it really made like a national imprint on the tournament, just because, like I said, going in, everyone thought it was going to be Wheeler. Montverde in the finals and West Lynn, you know, who no one probably had, had heard of outside of Oregon and maybe Washington uh, knocked him off. So that was, that was pretty cool. That's awesome. And oddly enough, Jalen Brown and Peyton Pritchard are now teammates 
for the Boston nice. Celtics with another Oregon Jefferson alum, Ime Udoka, as the okay. head coach. So it's so many cool tie-ins that you've shared uh, throughout our conversation. Reggie, I appreciate the time. Uh, it was great to hear a little bit, bit more about the background of the event, how it continues to grow and be one of the premier events. And SB Live, I know our guys are excited to be a part of the field release and really support that event because you guys do an amazing job. But thanks again for joining today. No, I appreciate you having me on and, and look forward to uh, the coverage from you guys and uh, you know, keep up the good work. I, I appreciate all, everything you're doing for you know, high school sports in general. So thank you. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Price drop, time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.